everyone and welcome to episode 41 of the podcast. I'm Steve filling in for Pete and this week I'm joined by Max Wright. Hello, I'm filling in for Steve. (laughs) (laughs) This week we're going to be talking Link's Awakening, Untitled Goose Game, Nintendo's EGX 2019 plans and the crazy September Switch schedule. How you been, Max? Been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah, well, actually, technically, I was on the show last week. Oh shit! Yes, you were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've not yeah. been sort of in for a full show since like February, I guess. So yeah, I've been I've been on other shows talking smack about the podcast. You know. Oh, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? You've been alright. Have you not been well? Have you? Uh, this is my first episode in I think two weeks. I came back for one episode, so I've had the absolute worst month in terms of illness. Yeah. I've had two. I've had the same throat infection twice. <laughs> Uh, it was originally a, f- a throat infection, then or it was a, f- a tonsil infection, then it turned into something else. Um, but yeah, and the second dose of antibiotics they gave me were like nuclear strength. <laughs> they were like the size of horse pills. It was so ridiculously hard to swallow. I was like, <laughs> you're giving these to people who have throat infections. <laughs> you're like nibbling it like a squirrel to try and get through it. Yeah, and you can't even, it says do not crush, do not cut what? in half or any of that stuff as well. So I don't know how any, anyone with like a, a worse throat infection than I had managed to get it down. It's ridiculous. But you're better, you're healthy, you're a, you're a well man again. Way better, back to normal. Exactly, that's good. So it's been a it's been a bit of a big week for games. What have you been playing this week? Uh, so this week I have been so I finished off Blasphemous. Uh, so it's my start of that, I guess. Finished off Blasphemous, which um, for those who don't know, I think Pixel Park, I might have spoken about it on a past episode. It's like a sort of two D pixel up Metroidvania kind of game I don't really like to play generally. Um, yeah, you've never once played a Metroidvania in my life. No. No, it, was, it was really good. I enjoyed it. It's got this sort of like uh, Dark Souls kind of aesthetic and general feeling to it of like, you know, everything's kind of grim and melancholic and everyone's just well upset with everything that's going on. Um, and it's got kind of a difficult combat and the, you know, you're expected to die quite a lot. Um, it was really good. The art was really good. The music was really good. There's loads of secrets, um, loads of combat to do. It was just quite buggy. Um, which I think they've announced, mm-hmm. they've sort of announced the patch and they're talking about working on some of these bugs, um, which kind of hampered the experience a little bit, but not enough that I would not recommend it. Um, so if you are into Metroidvanias or even just 2D platformers or even games like Dark Souls, I'd highly recommend Blasphemous on the eShop. Um, really good. Have you, have you seen any of it before, Steve? I, I've seen a little bit of it. Um, as I said with Pete on this week's After Dark, Metroidvanias aren't really my cup of oh, tea. Yeah. I kind of find that I, I, I kind of don't like the whole backtrack on yourself oh, and revisit okay. the areas, stuff like that. I, I still haven't got into Hollow Knight fully. Damn. Pixel keeps like reading us on, well, on yeah, the podcast. To, like, and and yeah, I know it's it's probably one of the best Metroidvanias ever made. Um, but yeah, I just I couldn't even get into that. So then they're, they're not really on my radar. It's mm. not like the kind of game that I'm just like, yeah, that's the that's the kind of thing that's for me. Yeah. Rather than whereas like. I don't know. I like games like simulator games, like uh, Star Stardew Valley stuff like that. Those are the things that are, like on my radar that yeah. might not be on like your radar, for example. So yeah, it's um, it's yeah, it's not really really for me. No. You also put out a a video this week looking at Nino Cooney. Yes. This is like your debut on the YouTube channel. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Other than sort of maybe if that podcast episode went up on the on the channel, I doubt it. Um, no, we've given nothing. Uh, Pixel's given over that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Other than that, yeah, that is my first time. It was really fun to do. Really good working with Pete and Pixel um, to get it out there. Uh, working on my voice and all that, which still needs some work. But yeah, I really enjoyed the video. I really enjoyed the game as well. To to that you know maybe want to make this video because I was like, you no, know, I got the code from uh, Bandai Namco and I started playing it and I was like, this is really good. Like, why why mm. is this? not being spoken about by anyone else that I've seen. It was only because the code was offered that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this game's coming out, which is why I was thought I'd do the video about, you know, don't miss it, don't let it pass you by. So, yeah, it's really good. It's like a really fun, sort of cute JRPG. Like, it's really um, just, like, positive. Like, the main character, Oliver, is just this really positive kid. Something really bad happens to him at the start, and it's really sad. But he, he's always just like, oh, we can do it. Oh, we'll get through it. Oh, it's okay. And it's really nice. Because um, in all the characters, other characters seem to be like sort of need that. Um, yeah. I think I said this on Twitter that like it, it frames these sad things through his eyes, so it, it sort of makes the whole thing feel quite positive, even though it's just terrible things happening. Um, but yeah, it's really nice, really nice art style because obviously it's the Studio Ghibli um, team that, that works on the art style and the animations and stuff. So yeah, really nice. I think it's definitely one of those games that, like I said in the video, if you if you're into JRPGs, definitely worth checking out and giving a go. Um, was it was it something you were aware of before you came to Switch? Yeah, so I I I 
always wanted to check out Nino Cooney because of the Studio Ghibli involvement, mm. and it looks absolutely gorgeous. I just I, I never got around to it. Like it was a, I think it was a PS3 exclusive. Yeah, so back it in the day, the right? And then it went to the PS3. Yeah. Yeah. So it 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 wasn't really uh, something that that I picked up. I didn't have a PS3 till really late in the generation. Um, the only thing I've heard about Nino Cooney is that the combat's pretty easy. And it's not really a challenge, and maybe it's the kind of game that you're there for the story and you're going through rather than. Yeah, it's not. It's not a. Cha- it's kind of like Pokemon. It's not a challenge, but it's not like you're letting it happen. There is. You have to sort of be active. You know, there's similar to Pokemon. There's there's different types. So like a, a sun type is weak to a moon uh, star type, and then star type's weak to a, a, a moon type. And there's a planet type who's sort of I don't know. There's like a whole sort of weird tree of like who's you know weak to who and whoever. So you do have to sort of think about okay, this is a. You know, he's going to be strong against this. He's got this attacks. He can defend. He can't defend. So you are swapping around, but there isn't a lot of, like, challenge. I mean, there are a couple of... I've died a few times. Um, I turned okay. the game off earlier because there was a boss that... that it was a rage quit. Well, it wasn't a rage quit. It sort of started beating me, and I was like, oh, this, obviously it has to beat me because, like, how else am I going to be able to defend against this? Against this? Yeah, yeah. Because I can defend against an attack, but then the two... So you get, like, party members. They don't defend. Um, so when this guy does this big attack, and it does, like two-thirds of their health and a little bit to me. I'm like, okay, maybe what's he supposed to die? So I let myself die, and it was like, game over, give us 10% of your money, and I was like, oh, what? So I oh, just... so it's it's pretty much exactly the same as how Diablo does it, then. They fine you oh, really? like a, a, a bit of your money. I've yeah. Diablo in like six so original, years. original Diablo used to do it where your corpse would like stay where where you dropped it okay and you would uh you'd lose all the gold you collected unless you put it in your stash okay but then diablo 3 changed it so they just fine you 10 percent of your gold for coming back i didn't know the original diablo was based on dark souls wow that's uh that's a really cool <laughs> cool little tidbit other way around like uh diablo way 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 yeah, predates yeah, yeah. No, uh, dark souls it's like, it's like dark souls it's like i've decided oh uh, yeah nino is <laughs> really good i'd recommend checking it out um but I mean, we've also both been playing. This is the only game we've both been playing. Yeah, me not as much. You've been playing Link's Awakening, right? Yes. Tell yes, me, tell me incredible. about it. Well, I just want, as as many many listeners of the show will know, I've basically played no Zelda games apart from Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was really my first Zelda, so it's been nice going into this with a fresh set of eyes. Whereas I've seen some people complain, "Oh, it's a really really short game. You can get through it in like five to seven hours." But I think those are the people that know exactly what to do, where to go, because they've already played it on the yeah, Game Boy. Absolutely. Uh, whereas, whereas me, I, I've had to look up a walkthrough for a couple of points because I've been completely stuck. What points are they? Because I've just only just started playing. I'm already at the point where I'm like, oh, I actually don't know what I'm doing right now. So it's uh, it's been in I think the third dungeon. Like uh, I wasn't one hundred percent sure where to go, and it turns out you had to stab your sword at the wall to find out where. Like the hollow points are, so you can put bombs. Oh, okay. Oh, I haven't got bombs yet. Okay. So, so you can like hear when you stab the wall which bit's hollow. It sounds a little oh, bit see. different. Okay. So uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't one hundred percent sure what to do there. So it, it kind of told you. I also had to do a walkthrough because I couldn't figure out that you could do a run and jump when you get the dash to go over three spaces rather than one space. I wasn't sure about that. In some points in the game, I will say, it is difficult to figure out where you've got to go. All you've got is the owl yeah. and then the telephone box where you go in and you talk to the you talk to the dude on the telephone. He's too nervous to speak in person, but you pick up the phone and he's like, yes, hey! He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for the most part, I haven't got stuck because I think the game is quite small mm. and it's quite clever in that it only gives you like one mechanic at a time. So, like, to begin with, you're not strong enough to be able to pick up the bricks. You can't jump over the holes. So there's only a certain number of areas you can go. And, like, at the beginning of the game, that's the beach at the bottom, the the forest, and then a little bit further out from the forest, you can go to, like, the witch's house. But other than that, there's nowhere else you can go. So it kind of forces you just to go to those areas. And, yeah, you might have to look around a little bit to figure out what you've got to do in those areas. But I haven't found that I got stuck because... It wasn't like I could go all the way to the other side of the map like I could right. do in Breath of the Wild yeah. immediately. It is very, very linear, very, very restrictive. And I quite like that they they kind of drip feed. And I know that's a, a mechanic of old Zelda games is that you get these objects that do things like in uh, Link's Awakening, not Link's Awakening, Link to the Past, you get like the torch that can burn yeah. things and stuff. And there's like the, the magic dust in this one. Yes, that, like, yeah. Generally, Zelda games go like, Go into a dungeon, get something in that dungeon, and then let you solve the next half of the dungeon, and then that then allows you outside of the dungeon to 
go for passing another obstacle, whether it's the hook shot or it's the bow and arrow. You know, generally you go into a dungeon, you get that one mechanic, use that mechanic in the dungeon, come out, and then you use that to sort of further yourself in the game. Yeah. Um, whereas Breath of the Wild just sort of dropped that entirely. It was much more freeform. Um, and even a link, a link to a link between worlds even dropped that in a way that you could hire a different weapon at a time. So instead of <clears throat> picking up the weapon in the dungeon, you hire it and then you go to that dungeon. Um, so yeah, if you have if you've played those, if those two are the only two Zelda games you might have played, if you're only a sort of a 3DS to to, to Switch user, then yeah, you might have mm-hmm. missed. That's how it works. And this game, yeah, like you say, it does feel very much like that. That you pick an item up and then it's okay. I can now surpass these obstacles that I couldn't surpass before that I've noticed around. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I also quite like the like crane game and and trying to find all those. Um, Don't get me started on that all, crane game. Oh, the crane game's awesome. I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. My friends really good, so they've been helping me out. But, but pick up Yoshi perfectly in the claw, and it just moves a bit, and then just before it goes on the the thing, no, it, it just flops out. out, and then it gets yeah, picked yeah. up by the little moving platform and just dragged to the other side of the map or the other side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Infuriating. <laughs> No, I, I quite like the crane game. Once you get the hang of it, it's uh, pretty easy. Yeah. And like you have to pick up... I haven't 100% figured out what all these objects are going to do when you like find like um, the Goomba that you can put on the pedestal in people's houses. Like, you know, if you've been into the houses and like it says... The little says, oh, this is a spot. Yes. Yeah, I've got the little... Who's the little... Is it Chow Chow? The little... Um, Chow Chow, yeah. yeah with the, the bow. I got that one. The chain put that chomp, in the, yeah. in the house. And I would put it in there like, okay, expecting there to be a noise or something and nothing happened. And I was like, okay, this is probably just like a collectibles thing that you just sort of that's furnish. That's what I kind of think it is, yeah. yeah. So I'm not 100% sure how all that's going to work, but it, I, I I do want to get them all. Yeah, like, I think yeah. this is going to be one of the games I try and get the completion yeah. complete set for, which is unusual for me. <laughs> but what do you think of the the visual art style of it? I think it looks really nice. I don't agree with some people that have said that it's like the best looking game on Switch, but I do think it's very consistently designed. It's very nice. It's very like I like the plastic toy diorama look. Mm-hmm. I like how the characters are all very clean and very like chibi like and that. Um, I have noticed that the sort of the frame rate has been affected by it in, in a yes, bit. Like a lot massively. of people have said. I, I think that's caused entirely by the tilt shift blur. Mm-hmm. So the blur, whenever the blur around the edge in large open areas occurs, that's when I see the frame rate slow yeah. down. But for the most part, it does hit, I think, 60 frames a second. Yeah. It dips around to like in the 50s or the 40s, but you can definitely notice. Yeah, it's not constant, but there are points where like you move between areas and it... it Judders and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, like, you, you look at it and you expect it to not do that. Um, <clears throat> when Breath of the Wild had places where it did that, yeah, the 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 forest in particular yes. in Breath of the Wild yeah, was yeah, a yeah. very very bad area. You would, but that would dip down to like twenty because it was already targeting thirty frames yeah. a second. Do we know if this game's running in Unity or Unreal or? No idea. My guess is it's Unreal. Um, I know Digital Foundry did a breakdown video, and I think they they presumed it was Unreal because Yoshi's crafted world if that's what it was called was also yes on, that's one unreal and that has, and it has, a, like, has a similar blur as yeah well. similar blur similar sort of style very like realistic cartoony yeah if, if that makes any sense but yeah that also had sort of issues with with not being consistent frame rate i think mm-hmm. uh, or being a lower resolution well, or that was like that. talking 30 yeah yeah i mean maybe it was a resolution then there was something that wasn't quite there no, the frame rate it. did drop even on the demo you could see that the frame rate dropped in places uh, but that had a um, way, way more extensive blur than just around the edges that the tilt shift is doing. So maybe it's just Unity and Unity that, you know, trying to get these, what are essentially realistic art styles, even if they are cartoony looking, they are supposed to look like realistic things. Maybe mm-hmm. running that in, in Unity and the Switch just, they're not there yet. They haven't quite worked it out yet. I, I mean, I think they probably could patch it, but I think for the most part, the experience is good enough. Yeah, it's not breaking, is it? I'm fine with a little bit of slowdown. It doesn't really happen during combat for me because, yeah. like, the dungeons are quite restrictive, and whenever I go into one of those, it doesn't seem to cause any problems. It's really just in the overworld. Overall, though, I think it's it is one of the most beautiful looking games. But that's not like graphical fidelity level of of beautiful. It's just an absolute fantastic art direction, yeah. and. To me, it's a nicer looking game than Breath of the Wild. Uh, yeah, I'll probably give you that. But, uh, but like, I look at, say, like, the visuals from Astral Chain, mm-hmm. and that, to me, surpasses it in visual fidelity, just, like, the level of of complexity in, in the worlds that they've crafted, and you can see, like, the bloom on the neon and yep. the rainfall. That looks like an absolutely gorgeous game. I was going to bring up Astral Chain purely because of the, the, you know, you said about it not being graphically, you know, fidelity maybe not being as high, but it being like a gorgeous art style and it being like a stylized thing they are quite similar in that they are both doing mm-hmm. these stylistic things 
And they're both gorgeous looking games in their own right that aren't really the realistic kind of sort of gorgeous that you might see on like PS4. Yeah, they're not like targeting, say, like um, Horizon Zero Dawn yeah, exactly. level of, like, well, we want to make this ac- an accurate representation of the real world. And I think that's where Nintendo always kind of wins and, mm-hmm. and pulls ahead is that they managed, at least since the GameCube era with, say, Wind Waker, they've always managed to have absolutely fantastic art style and art direction that kind of is ti- becomes timeless. Mm-hmm. Whereas, say, you look back at, like, Ocarina of Time, and I know I get shit for it all the time, <laughs> but it does look terrible. And all early, like, 3D polygon games from the PS1 and the N64 era look terrible. Yep. There's a reason, like, the Final Fantasy games that they've been releasing on this on the eShop look bad. Yeah. Because it's it's from that era, and that they didn't have the the number of polygons they needed to do anything yep. decent. I mean, Christ, you even look at, like, Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii, and you look at the comparison between the Wii and the Switch sort of remaster... And the Wii game looks like dog shit. Like, I didn't realise mm-hmm. how dog shit it looked until I saw the remaster and was like, oh, wow, yeah. So they, Because it's less anime than, say, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it sort of almost is more realistic, that it does look like absolute crap because the Wii couldn't handle it. Um, but then now they've sort of given it this more anime art style, it's probably going to be more timeless. Um, same with um, Nino Kuni. It's a PS3 game. That they've all they've done is sort of bump the resolution to 1080p on the Switch. I believe they have anyway. I I think that's all they've done. Yeah, they didn't do any kind of remastering. Yeah, it's there's a no port. like new yeah. shadows or anything like that. But it's, it's still just a, a gorgeous port. game because it holds up because it's not a you know peak of the current generation. We know they're not pushing the current console as much as it can. They're focusing on a better art direction, and that's why when the next consoles come around, you're like, this is so much better. That looked like crap. You're actually like, oh, that art direction is still nice. It still looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 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 final game I've been playing is one that I've been like super super excited about, and I wasn't sure I was going to pick it up this week because I already had Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. um, but I I couldn't resist it, especially considering that it was on sale during the uh, the first launch week, which is Untitled Goose Game yep. uh, by House House. I've been so so excited about this, and it's it's totally lived up to my expectations. It's I know you've been speaking about just, it a while, haven't you? On on the here, yeah, it's just such fun slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you play if you're not sure what the game is which you probably do know what the game is if you've been listening to the podcast at all uh, it's you play as this horrible goose and you're wreaking havoc around uh, a village and the the goose has like a, a list of to do's that he, he can do so like the first level you have to break into the the garden get the like get the gardener wet still his uh still his hat so he puts on like a, a different summer hat uh, go have a picnic and there's all sorts of stuff and then like you progress into like the next area and it's all very very seamless you can just walk around all of the areas and there's also some like hidden uh things you you have to you can find and you can do so there's like a, a whole page of like question marks uh that you can find hidden ones to do so i'm trying to find all of those oh, at the moment. i found a couple of those at the moment which is which has been quite fun but uh, i'm just having an absolute blast with it if, if the music is is incredible it's and really like fun, it just it? yeah it just syncs up perfectly with whatever the goose is doing mm-hmm. you're just like going around honking at everyone <laughs> and they're like getting scared and everyone reacts slightly differently so like the adults are like trying to shoo it away and get rid of it or like yanking stuff off of you that you've ran away with and like the kids are interacting by like running away Way and hiding because they're scared of the goose. It's just it's just really fun and everything's just wonderfully animated and you can tell it's been handcrafted a total labour of love. Really and, nice and I'm really style, really yes, really really nice art style. I'm really pleased with how it came out. The only complaint I've seen that people have and I probably have that complaint too is that it's a is a very short game. Very short. Only, um, but if that's the only complaint people can have about your game, it means you've you've done a pretty good job. Yeah, it, it, you know quality over quantity isn't it yes and i think for the price and for the size of the team they they did as much as they could yeah. in the time that they they had i'd like to maybe see some dlc or a, a follow-up game um so ho- hopefully they'll expand upon the village or the goose will end up somewhere else yeah yeah, yeah. it's just a, sort of a simple fun character they can sort of plunk anywhere really isn't it and yeah. do anything with like you said about the music uh, it reminded me a little bit of breath of the wild music or sound mm-hmm. design where it's contextual like you, you know, there won't be much music, and then you'll be walking around the the, the garden. And the music will be like plink plonk plink, and then you'll sort of pick something up. It'll be like plonk plink plink plonk 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 plink plink, like like because you're doing something, and the guy's running after you. And yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's really it's really fun, and um, they they did such a good game, and 
if you haven't checked it out, if if it's one of those games that got overshadowed by Link's Awakening, just in the same way that Nino Kuni was, definitely check out Untitled Goose Game once you finish with Link's Awakening. Make sure you give it a go. Yes. It's been number one on, on the eShop in, in some countries, and deservedly so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure so it's I number hope- one on the digital only uh yes lists in yeah the UK. It i'm is. pretty sure it is so yeah that's really so good so i i hope i hope it stays there and i'm glad the team has, has had such success with it so so before we move on to some news i just want to do some quick plugs don't forget to head over to youtube.com slash loot to check out max's awesome video on nino kuni and why you should check it out if you haven't already uh check out the the article as well that accompanies that at uh, lootpots.com and you can follow us pretty much everywhere with uh you know twitter.com slash lootpots we're starting up an instagram account instagram.com slash lootpots join us on our discord the link is in the show notes we've got a great community over there we're always in there talking with the fans uh we'd love to have you over there as well Okay, so some fair, fairly big news this week. The the kind of biggest uh, story, I guess, is that Nintendo celebrated its hundred and thirtieth birthday this year, which is this week, which is crazy to think that such an old company is is still around and still going, still uh, successful. Like, yeah. yeah, and 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 very much still kind of starting or continuing to do what they started with. So it was founded in um, eighteen eighty nine. Uh, to create playing cards, it was originally the Nintendo playing oh, card company. Cards, I think is the uh, the term for them, isn't it? Yeah, I don't you know, I don't mm-hmm. know what they do or how you play them, or if it's any different to normal playing cards. But yes, that's the ones. They have little funny little characters on them and stuff, don't they? That's right. Yeah, and and they quickly kind of um, progressed into after World War Two, creating toys, uh, and then as as the kind of obviously the video game. Um, revolution happened moving into arcade machines and then moving into the the home market with the nes and pretty much saving the video game market in north america yeah the the, the rob selling the the nes as a toy with rob attached to it instead of a video game just turned that market around didn't it? i did i did notice you did miss out the uh the love hotel era of nintendo's history steve yeah we kind of we kind of should skip over that and forget that it's not very you know not very family friendly it doesn't really fit in with their uh, with their image these days <laughs> no it's it's strange they've they've got a very very long history and a very strange lineage and legacy uh, but it's really great to see them kind of succeeding so well yeah. Uh, and that's this is on the same week that they launched their latest console. So the the Switch Lite launched this week. Is this is you think you're gonna you think you're gonna pick one up? Um, I was on the fence. So when it was when it came out, there was some deal on uh, Curry's or PC World where it was like buy a Switch Lite and Link's Awakening for two hundred quid. And I was like, okay, that's like one hundred fifty quid for the console, fifty quid for the game. I can always sell the game or give the game away or something like that. Um, I am denied mm-hmm. and thought, okay, it's not worth it right now. Maybe later. Um, and then I left my Switch dock at a friend's house over the weekend just gone um so i was sort of without it for sort of monday tuesday uh and then i got it back yesterday but that monday tuesday was horrible <laughs> because i couldn't dock my switch <laughs> and like as i was sitting there playing on handheld and the battery started to die and i had to go and plug it in and i was like yeah switch light isn't for me it, it probably looks like a great if i was someone that, that used it a lot in handheld but really i'm only using it in handheld mm-hmm. if i'm not anywhere near my tv um, and I'm not going to do that. So I, I I use it in handheld when I'm watching TV. Oh, okay. It's really bad. So like I'll have like 30 rock on TV and I'll be playing a bit of a little bit of like Link's Awakening or Untitled Goose Game or checking in on my farm on Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how that's primarily how I play it. But I do dock it every now and again, and I don't like the fact that there's the options just not there entirely on this on the Switch. And um, you know, they someone did a tear down and found that it's it's completely impossible. They just haven't put the components in their TV out, which presumably is to save costs. Um, you don't want to add in like a, an HDMI output if you don't if you don't need it. Yeah. Uh, but it is a shame to know that it's, it's never going to be possible. Yep, I, I, uh, before this was even announced, I was saying, you know, I would definitely pick one up if it did all the things that it's supposed to do, like, you know, be one unit, not have all the sort of wobbly Joy-Cons, not have a D-pad, all this stuff. But if it also docks, mm-hmm. I'd be there for it. Because the Switch no longer for me is a social device. It's a personal device now. When it first came out, we were like, in the sort of moment of playing Mario Kart, playing all these games, taking the Joy-Cons off, this that, and the other. 
um, then yeah, it was great as it is. But I would quite like a sort of more sturdier. Have you found that your Joy Cons wobble a little oh, bit? Oh yeah, my Joy Cons have wobbled yeah. forever. I know. Yeah, I I had I said this to Pete and Pixel on the show, and they haven't had the problem at all. I don't understand. And they it. attributed it to the fact that I may have used the grip, but I made sure when I got my Splatoon colored Joy Cons, I didn't once put them in the grip. Oh, and it still it still wobbles to what this day. What about the the slider rails? Yeah. yeah. Because the yeah, well, I, what was the, the little bits that give you the the yes. SLSR button? Yep. Now that's a, probably a good point because I did. There was a whole thing of like people were holding down the button to pull them off the wrong way or putting them on the wrong yeah. way and it chipped the mm-hmm. the little bit of plastic. And that's what I've always attributed it to was that. But if it's if it's not that, then it's just poor design maybe. But if if they're not having it, then I don't really understand it. But I've got two sets of Joy Cons. It's happened to both of them. In fact, my green Joy-Con doesn't just wobble, it doesn't stay connected to the Switch for more than like 15 seconds if I'm holding it. Okay, that, If it's that's in my really hand, <laughs> I'll be playing a game and it'll just do like disconnect, so I have to pull, pull it off, slot it back on for it to be recognised mm-hmm. again. Um, that's why I'm rocking like a real Frankenstein look right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to getting a pair of Joy-Cons next week. Um, you getting the purple and the spice orange? Purple and spice orange, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because good. I ran out of Joy-Cons that were working. The grey one I'm using on the left, not only does it drift, also the L button started to stick, and I was like, I'm really running out of options here to play on my Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I was thinking, like, a while ago I was thinking, I'm not going to get a new pair of Joy-Cons, because I know as soon as I buy a pair of Joy-Cons, they're going to go, here's the Switch Pro, and it doesn't support any of your existing Joy-Cons, and I'll you know, be a bit I screwed. cannot see them doing that. There's no no way they'll not support them. It was more of just in case. But now I've got yeah. a choice. I'm buying these, these Joy-Cons. I'm going to have a nice, cool, new-looking Switch, and I'm really excited, and I'm glad that everyone's enjoying their Switch Lite as well. Well, my, um, you brought up Joy-Con drift, and, and there's been a lot of some mixed reports this week, and I kind of, it gives me pause as to whether the Switch Lite is going to be durable, yeah. because there's been some people saying they've got Joy-Con drift, but it looks like that may actually just be a manufacturing defect, because the Joy-Con drift usually comes all along the fact that the pads worn down, yeah, um, and this may not be the, the same issue. So people need to keep keep an eye on it. But obviously, if they haven't really changed the components that they've been, they've been using in the normal Joy Cons to the the Switch Lite, the issue will remain. Yeah, definitely. And I think I've even seen um, people who have just snapped off the left stick. But that's purely because, wow. yeah, like it's just manufacturing errors. You know, with every console, you're going to have the odd dodgy one. So you can't well, yeah, this, really... This, I remember the original Switch had issues with the dock scratching the screen, mm-hmm. which yep. mine ha- had. Um, some of the backs cracked. Yes, the plastic and, started cracking and, on the top yes, as well, didn't it? And around the vents, it cracked yeah. on the top. But Nintendo Nintendo are fairly good at replacing stuff. Yeah. And if if you've just bought it and it's it's had an issue, you can return it to the store and they'll swap it out for you. I don't think there's there's the issue that happened around the original Switch launch, which was they've sold out everywhere and you can't get one, yeah, so the yeah, only yeah. place you can get your replacement They're is from Nintendo. Well yes. I think I don't think this issue that people are having is the, the same Joy-Con drift that we've seen before because like you said that's due to wear and that's sort of something that came about down the line whereas this seems to be just manufacturing errors that people are attributing to Joy-Con drift because it's something we're already aware of and it's, it's easier mm-hmm. to it's almost like confirmation bias it's easier to say well that's what it is it's obviously Joy-Con drift when there could just be another underlying issue and if Nintendo have in America done the sort of replacement where you can send your Joy-Con in and get a replacement Joy-Con that doesn't drift anymore is it because they're giving you new Joy-Cons or is it because they've tweaked something in the design or the thumbstick that means it doesn't drift? And if it is a tweak, then you've got to imagine that that tweak's in the the, the new Joy-Cons, right? On the Switch Lite. Um, well, you would hope so. And, and I can't see why they wouldn't wouldn't add the new component if they fixed it at this at this point. Um, the the other thing, obviously, the Switch, Switch Lite is, is lacking is, um, is Rumble. And that Such a potentially shame. that potentially will cause issues with some games, but it seems that Nintendo have quietly been patching um, some of the games that have required Rumble. So the the example that's kind of surfaced this week is the Rumble zones, the Rumble puzzles in Super Mario Odyssey. So you know when you have to go in and you would find the star based oh, on where like Rumble in the room. Ground pound the floor. That's right. Yeah. So they re- they uh, got around it by it actually shakes the screen. So oh, really? the the screen looks like it's shaking to kind of signal that uh, something's something's there and you can ground pound. Is that what this link is here? 
Yes, there's a good video uh, by Game Explain that I'll put a link to in in the show notes, and you can see the the Rumble Moons um, and the floor, and and it's actually shaking the the room when you get near the area with with the moon under. Oh yeah, there it is. How weird. So uh, it seems that Nintendo are making kind of concessions, and I think as we spoke about on the on the previous episode I was on, I think Nintendo will eventually do a Labo version. Uh, or a version of Labo that will work with the the Switch Lite, at least some like some 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 of the components of Labo. Even like the VR headset, they can just do a smaller version that would attach to the Switch Lite <laughs> yeah. rather than having to, um, you know, use the bigger one. I'm trying to imagine, I'm trying to work out if I think there might be some black space at the edges of the uh, VR. So I don't know mm. if it's they can just use the exact the existing one, but you just have like a different slot that you put the Joy-Con or the Switch into. Quite possibly, yeah, quite possibly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the the Switch Lite is not for me. I don't think it's for you either. I know D- DJ's picked one up because he's just an avid game <laughs> he collector. Wants everything. Uh, I the only one I would have liked would be the uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield version, but I don't like the decal on the back. I just love the cyan and magenta colors. I think they look yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. So something for UK Nintendo fans, uh, EGX 2019 is coming up, I think, in two, three weeks' time. Three weeks' time, yes. Um, three weeks today. So the f- the 17th to the 20th of October at the Excel Centre in London. And this week, Nintendo revealed its plans for EGX 2019. They're bringing an absolute ton of games with them. Uh, playable there on the show floor is going to be Pokemon Sword and Shield, Luigi's Mansion 3, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, uh, Dragon Quest 11s, Layton's Mystery Journey, and Super Mario Maker 2. So a bunch of games that aren't yet released and some that have already um, been, been released. So it's a great place to go and check it out. The Switch Lite will obviously also be on display and uh, playable. So if you want to get a feel for what the Switch Lite is like in comparison to the original Switch, great place to, to go and do that. I remember from last year's EGX, Pokemon is very, very popular. So expect to be queuing for two, three hours if you are at all interested in playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. And I believe the demo is just a, a, a battle uh, and a walk around the open world area. It'll be the same demo as E3. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, Steve, but as you know, another British man, you're very excited for the queuing as much as you are the games, right? The sort of three hours of queuing with the same sort of Mario yes. song playing over and over again is really what sort mm-hmm. of drives people to EGX. Um, it's wonderful. And, you know, and by the time you get to the end, the batteries ran out on your Nintendo Switch itself. <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be queuing for three hours to play Mario Odyssey, but they had the same Let's Go Superstar, whatever that song was, just on repeat. It would finish and then just immediately oh, start God. again. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> so which of these games are you looking forward to, to taking a look at, Steve? Because obviously we're, we're going to EGX, aren't we? Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll both be there. Pixel Power will be there. So um, if you see any of us, come say hello. We'll be there representing Loot Pots and the Potscast. Um, we're hoping to have some interviews lined up and some features ready for the the website. So be um, and of course we'll be uh, on the podcast sharing our experience and sharing sharing the games that we played. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing Luigi's Mansion Three. I'm probably going to give Pokemon Sword and Shield a miss because it's uh, another Pokemon game, and I really do not want to queue for three yes. hours unless I can get in early. Um, I'm actually gonna, probably going to check out Mario and Sonic as well because yeah. it looks like that actually has more content than the Mario Party, but it also is probably going to be a real uh, fun ride. And I'll I'll probably check out Layton's Mystery Journey as well. How about you? Definitely. So yeah, I agree with you about Pokemon Sword and Shield. I know how Pokemon plays. I've seen videos of it of it being played. I don't need to stand in a queue for three hours to play it. Um, I definitely want to check out Luigi's Mansion Three because I've never played a Luigi's Mansion game before. So it'd be really good to try out the game for the first time um, and hopefully the queue will be a bit shorter for it as well um, yeah it will be Mario Sonic like you said yeah like it's full full of mini games there's loads of different modes there's loads of different characters it definitely looks like if you're a party gamer or a family gamer that this is going to be the pickup to do over Super Mario Party because it's just got all of the different options and features um, Dragon Quest 11 it's odd that they've got that on show when there's already a 10 hour demo out on the eShop so it makes me wonder who's queuing up to play Dragon Quest Eleven that may that likely won't be a queue. Um, so last year they had 
a lot of the games just out there was there was either a small queue where you could just walk up to them okay so they had some of the indie games like untitled goose game was there on display last oh, year and okay. i played a little bit of that um there was uh, like an over 18 section where you could go and play dark souls you could go and play uh, Diablo 3 okay. and I think one other game. I can't remember what it was. Um, so they'll, they'll probably have some more games that aren't listed here on display as well. There'll probably be some more indie titles. So. Yeah, I'm looking, they do always have like an indie section, don't they, where there's just like a, they a do, grid yeah. of switches. I'm looking forward to trying out some of that stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Layton's Mystery Journey is one of the ones that I'd like to see how it works because it's a DS game, a 3DS game, sorry, that's been put onto the Switch. It's going to have a completely different control scheme how are the puzzles going to translate over? So it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to give it a go to see what they're doing and also then to see what the future of the Professor Layton series might be based on you know this this new version of it. I'm, I'm glad Layton's coming back to a Nintendo console. Yeah. He, he kind of disappeared and went and did some mobile games for a while. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. It seems like he's making his, his return, even if it isn't a remaster that people may have not played. It's nice to, to see that, that that franchise is coming back. Yeah. Um, also, EGX has qualifiers both the Splatoon 2 UK Championship and Super Mario Bros. Ultimate UK Team Cup taking place on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. If you're interested in that, you can pre-register now over on Nintendo's website, and there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Uh, I love watching the Splatoon 2 yeah. Championships. I went last year, and it was really, really great. Um, and I and uh, it, it was absolutely incredible just to see everyone, and it's such a great atmosphere. So if you haven't gone to one of those, it's well worth sitting in on a little bit because... Uh, everyone gets really hyped and really pumped up for I them. saw a Splatoon 1 tournament back in 2015 just after the game had launched and that was that was still kind of hype there but nowhere near the levels of now what Splatoon 2 is like and how it's sort of they're, they're cultivating this esports scene it's, it's good to see that they haven't abandoned it even though um even though the support's over for, for Splatoon 2. So it's good to see that they're continuing that. And it, it, the way it works is this will be the UK Championship qualifiers, and it will go through to the UK Championship. Whoever wins that goes to the European Championship, and whoever wins that goes to the World Championship, which always happens at E3. So quite a good incentive and a good prize if you're good at Splatoon 2 kind of enter, because obviously Nintendo uh, funds all of that travel. Yeah. Should we enter? Uh, I'm terrible at Splatoon. Smash Brothers? Oh god, I'm even worse at Smash Bros. You <laughs> you should enter though, like if you if you're decent at it, give, give it a go. I thought I was decent. It'll be it'll be cool. I really thought I was decent, so I played AJ from um, Fanatics Four, and I didn't mm-hmm. win a single game. And now I've sort of gone off Smash Brothers for some reason. And I don't know why. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I can see why. <laughs> um, the final thing is there's a Legend of Zelda cosplay competition at the show. Uh, anyone attending can play as uh, anyone from the Legend of Zelda franchise and they can take place in a cosplay competition taking place on the Nintendo stage at 3pm on Saturday uh, and there will be it will be judged with amazing prizes including a Switch Lite and uh, the awesome limited edition that we only got in the UK just uh, in Europe so I just want to rub that in again um, you know the one with the really really awesome still book so uh, if you are interested in cosplaying be sure to head over to the Nintendo stage on Saturday. I've seen you dressed as Link, or I've seen you drawn like you're dressed as Link. I've I've been drawn as a dress, so I really as, dressed think as, you as Link. Do really well in this competition, Steve. So yeah, so, um, I I don't cosplay. I'm not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> And while we're on on the subject of Nintendo revealing things, also this week they revealed the uh, eShop sale, um, the Nintendo Highlights eShop sale, which is on until October 13th. There's over 150 games on offer uh, with some some really big hitters. So there's 20% off Stardew Valley Cuphead, Slave Aspire, Dead Cells and Dragon's Dogma. You can get 13% off of uh, all of the Final Fantasy re-releases, My Time at Porsche, uh, Diablo 3, Hellblade, Sendinger's Sacrifice, Onimusha Warlords and Okami HD. And 40% off of Hollow Knight, which as we said is probably one of the best Metroidvanias ever made. Monster Hunters, Generations and Celeste, which... Uh, really is a lot of people's game of the year yes. from from last year yeah, so yeah. anything you're looking at picking up i've actually pretty much got most of the ones i want um i may pick up uh i may actually pick up uh, hellblade same sacrifice i yeah. still haven't played that which is really a crying shame i've played it on pc it's definitely like a headphones and attention game so maybe not uh, sitting in front of the tv uh, no, looking over now and again, quite the game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm probably also going to pick up Bastion because it's eighty percent off is at it? two pounds nineteen. So Bastion oh. is two pounds at the moment. So oh. I'll probably be picking that one up. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm going to grab that. I didn't, I didn't see that when I was looking this up. Oh wow! I'm yeah. going to do that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to look at Slave Aspire because that's a game that I've been wanting to wanting to play on PC 
uh, waited for the Switch version, and then other things were coming out. I didn't sort of take the time, but now it's on sale. It's probably worth checking out. I've got I've got a lot of the other stuff, like you said, as well. Like, you know, it's all these games that you you just pick up as they come out, which is probably why we've picked them because we've played them. We know they're good. <laughs> yes, but if you've just picked up a Switch or a Switch Lite this week, it's an absolutely fantastic mm. sale to get in and, and get a, an amazing collection of of great games, both indie and double uh, A triple A games. It's a it's I'm not shocked that there's not uh, any of the classic Nintendo franchises on sale because it's very rare that they do that but when they do do it they seem to do sort of pretty pretty decent sales um, so like if you are someone that's been waiting for a sale to pick up some games and you might want to wait for a deeper sale probably best to look now it's not going to get much better than this anytime soon is it really so okay so moving on to out this week uh, on Thursday September 26th is uh, Darksiders 2 Definitive Edition I'm really sick of uh, the puns yeah. in these titles. Remastered. But, uh, yeah, remastered. What was the what was the first Dark Side? War Mastered, which isn't even a pun. Oh. It's barely a pun. War Mastered edition. I don't know. Yeah. Are you a Dark Side fan? Massively, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um played the first two. Uh the third one is not available on a Switch on a Nintendo console, but I've got a PC. I just can't be asked to play on that anytime soon. Oh, that's going to be coming. That's going to be yeah, coming. Yeah, we've heard this before, and we picked, we've mentioned it. We've yeah. seen rumours of it. So maybe if it does, I'll think about it. Um, I'm really excited for the new Darksiders 2, which I know Darksiders as well, sorry. Which I know you are as well, Darksiders. That's the the one that's like um, a dungeon crawler yeah. rather than, than Darksiders style. I can't, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, if, 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 if you remember, shout out. But yeah, I, I'm probably not going to pick this up on Switch, though. I picked it up on Wii Genesis. U for... That's the one, yeah, yeah. I picked it up on Wii U for a tenner, and that's where I played the original Darksiders. Sorry, that's where I played Darksiders 2 originally. And I think it's one of those things that I'll pick up if it drops to, like, £15 for a physical, just to have. Same with the original Darksiders that I've sort of played twice on PC and would love to mm-hmm. pick up again, but at 25 quid, my money's better spent elsewhere at the moment. Yeah, there's just way too much we're going to discuss at the end of the show, but uh, it's been a crazy month for, yeah. for the Switch. Um, also out on uh, Thursday is a game called Paper Train, which I I, I put in here because it's uh, something that really interests me. You basically play the role of a railway conductor, and you have to control traffic and choose the best moment to uh, speed up and slow down your trains. Or uh, they'll crash through. Oh, that's just cute. It just has this, just has this really cool art style, as if it's been drawn with biros or ink pens on um, graph paper. So, uh, if this is your kind of kind of game, it looks it looks like it may be a port of a, a mobile title. It's got that look on my left hand side, like the way the menu works. It does, yeah. Uh, but I still think for for the price, it's probably uh, something worth checking out if that's uh, your bag. Uh, also out is a game called Northgard, which I believe was announced at the last indie direct. Um, and this is kind of like an Age of Empires style game. So if you're into like real time strategy games, uh, this may be something that you would want to pick up on on yeah. the Switch. You have to build build your settlement on the newly discovered continent of War of Northgard. And you can then set your Vikings to do different jobs like farm or go out sailing, that kind of thing. And you'll need to like manage your resources and stuff and then expand into new territory. Um, there's a load of victory conditions just in the same way that there are with um, Age of Empires or Civilization. So you can either kill everyone off, become really famous, um, you can become the, the top trader, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think this may be something I pick up, not for £31. I was looking at the price thinking, this is, yeah. yeah, this is going to be an on-sale game. Yeah. It doesn't look the prettiest game, but I do really love Age of Empires. I really want Microsoft to bring Age of Empires to the Switch while they're on their kind of, yeah, let's just chuck anything anywhere. Yeah, yeah. What's the one, the Civilization game? That's getting some expansions re- soon, isn't it? So... Civ five, Civ six, Civ six, that, Civ six has just been announced. They're getting they're getting two expansions. So I think it's already on Switch now, but there's two expansions that are coming to the Switch version um, that are launching alongside the PS4 and Xbox One version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Civ Civilization Civilization six is on Switch, but it's coming to PS4 and Xbox PS4? One. Yeah, and the okay. expansions are then coming out um, alongside. But the expansions them. are coming out alongside, which is good because I really, really love Civilization. Mm. I've got it on the Switch. I thought it was Civ Five on the Switch. Um, so yeah, you're right. Rise and Fall and Gathering Storms are coming along with 18 new leaders. Maybe which is that great. would be a better use for your money than Northgard. Then for now, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I can. I could play Civilization forever. Uh, on Friday, September 27th, is Ori and the Blind Forest, which I'm sure you're extremely excited Ooh, about. Oh boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, there's already there's already a demo out. Have you played the demo yet? Yes, yes, I have. I always um, I always give it a go. And every time I play that game and start it, I make my girlfriend watch because every single time she cries. Like oh. she's seen it three times now, and every time she cries, and it, it, it's very sad. Like the the, the opening sort of ten minutes um, really does set the the tone and the feel. Almost like a Pixar movie where it mm-hmm. it's, it hits you with the emotion, gets you invested, rips it out from under your feet, and then it's like time for the game or time for the movie, and you're like, oh, but it hurts. Um, it's really gorgeous, really gorgeous game that I'm really excited to play. Have you played the demo? Have you picked it up? I haven't yet, no. I've been too busy with Goose Game and, and Link's Awakening. Um, it might be something I, I pick up. It was interesting to see, did you see this post by the game director at Moon Studios, Thomas Mailer, on Reset Era? Yes. Um, yeah. That it, it, They've been working on their engine for over 10 years, and essentially they think this runs better on, on Switch, uh, or it's better animated on Switch than it was on Xbox and PC, because they they managed to get the animations up from 30 frames a second on Xbox and PC to 60 yes. frames a second on Switch. So it uh, actually animates even smoother on Switch than it does on, on other platforms. Did you notice that? Because I think you've played the game before, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, so I've played... I haven't finished the game, but I've started the game a couple of times on PC. Um, and I did think when I was looking at it, when I was playing it, I, I did think to myself, like, is it just because I've got this sort of like Switch bias, maybe, that I think this looks really nice? Or does that genuinely look yeah. really nice? And sort of to see it confirmed yesterday, I was like, okay, that does make sense, because it did look nicer. It felt a bit more of like an animation thing which could be down to that, that frame rate. Um, and, yeah, I think it's noticeable. And it's really good that, that it runs in, <clears throat> you know, it's like a, it runs at 1080p docked 60fps or 720p handheld 60fps. So it's like a perfect running, you know, really well-optimized port that is also better than the other versions, which is not something we ever really see on Switch. So it's no, good to see it's that not only they port this it, game yeah. over, they put a lot of effort into it, mm-hmm. um, which is good because it's a really good game and deserves that effort and deserves that time and hopefully deserves a new audience. So I, th- I think it's going to get it. It's, uh, it. It looks it looks beautiful. It's like £16 probably, yeah. as well, mental. Yeah, um, I think there is probably going to be a physical version coming of this, so I may nice. wait for that um, because there's been kind of some some leaks here and there yeah. about that some uh, news on the grapevine so I think I may wait and see about that but I was going to wait for Cuphead for that as well and I couldn't hold out so <laughs> I'll probably end up picking it up you'll, you'll, I won't stop talking about it on Twitter and eventually you'll, you'll cave and you'll try and buy it because you'll see how nice it looks yeah most likely as soon as I play the demo I'll get hooked yes uh, oh also on Friday is uh, Freedom Finger, which is uh, a shoot 'em up that was also announced in the uh, last indie direct. Um, not really my bag, but if you're into kind of sh- side-scrolling shoot 'em ups, it looks like a, a bit of a fun one with a weird kooky twist. Is this one with a crazy voice cast? Is yes, um, and yeah, I think it may be like a load of people from Adult Swim. Um, okay. So it's uh, yeah, it's a crazy voice cast. It's got that kind of humor. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. So it's got uh, Nolan North, John DiMaggio, Eric Boza, and Sam Regal. So an absolute huge roster of, of voice artists. Mm. Uh, I don't know how they managed to get it for for this weird game. Um, FIFA 20 is also out on uh, Friday, which I couldn't give two shits about. I didn't know it was coming to Switch this year. I thought they dropped it for Switch. It's coming to Switch, but it's basically FIFA 19 just with some new names and they've done absolutely nothing for it. Uh, And then an absolute ton of Dragon Quest is dropping on Friday. We've got Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest 2 and Dragon Quest 3. The original games are running on the Switch, the gorgeous 2D um, games from the SNES. And uh, Dragon Quest XI S Definitive Edition is also coming, which is the uh, Dragon Quest XI uh, that was released on the 3DS that's coming to the Switch. You can play in both the 3D mode and the 2D mode, and I believe it has a full orchestra, uh, orchestrated uh, soundtrack now as opposed to the kind of weird MIDI music that yeah. they had before. So if you're into Dragon Quest, there's a, a lot coming for, for the Switch on Friday. And then uh, next Tuesday on October 1st, uh, Sniper Elite 3 Ultimate Edition is is coming out. I actually quite like this sniper game, so a bit of a guilty pleasure it's for quite, me. Quite sort of fun to when it all goes in slow motion and the, the bullets going through. Someone. And you just see the bullet through someone's skull. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm kind of into those. Yeah. Okay, so should we move on to the main topic Absolutely. this week, which is which is talking about. September's absolutely insane schedule. Uh, we're pretty much out of the end of September this this week, so I kind of want to run through some of the stuff that was released in September or right at the end of August and just talk about like how bonkers the Switch has been lately yeah. and what we managed to pick up and what we've been playing and dedicating our time to. We 
probably give a, a fairly decent idea at the beginning of the show. But I just want to walk through um, some of September stuff. Why don't you walk through walk us through the list, Max, as to to what was released? Sure. And we can kind of we can kind of stop through and see if there's anything here that that you really really caught your eye. So the interesting about this list is it's not everything is it it's no this is just the the real like highlights mm-hmm. there's uh, alongside this there's an absolute ton of indie games and smaller games that were released as well it's just been non-stop yeah. in september so this, this isn't in any order i think it's just the order we remembered it really isn't it um starting off at the end of august we had astral chain great game i know you none of you guys picked it up it's not something you guys are interested in is it no but is like i'm interested in your opinion on it because is it kind of like um i know that uh the guys kind of spoke about it on the show uh a couple of weeks ago um but i'm interested in your take on it as well thank finally someone's interested in my take on yes, this game i can't believe I it <laughs> how how have you found it is this like your game of the year so far this is my game of the year yeah this is this is there's just so far it is definitely my game of the year yeah because it, it's just got the um the action that i like it's got the cool visuals it's got all of the sort of secrets it's got the the really cool combat um it's basically like you take all the different bits of the different platinum games that I like, you smush them into one game, and then you you know dial up the action to like eleven. I guess it's really cool. Um, there's a lot to do. I've not even sort of I, I put about I don't know forty hours into it. I'd say um, finished the story. I think I only sort of hundred percented one or two of the the levels, or maybe even three or four of them. There's about sort of like twelve levels in total, and even then, I've now got seventy different challenge missions to take on. So there's a lot of content in that game. Um, it's really just high quality. The story can get a bit iffy, but you know, I'm not really playing those kind of games to to get really in deep in the story. I'm playing those games to beat the crap out of some aliens, you know, or demons or whatever, whichever one platinum game you seem to be playing. So, Astral Chain is definitely like. I know Pete's quite sour on it, and I'm glad to be free of his his vice grip of the podcast <laughs> today, so that I can actually discuss it. Um, but what's your what's your without Pete here to guide you in the wrong path? What's your take on the game? <sighs> I haven't played it, but looking at the uh, visuals, I think it looks visually beautiful, yeah. like I said before in the show. Um, but gameplay-wise, I just cannot get on board with, with any Platinum games. You don't like it Bayonetta, just, do you? No, yeah. it, just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. It's not my style. This is definitely slower-paced. There's definitely, like, it breaks it up with, with detective stuff. But if you don't like the core combat, then... No, and I got bored of the cutscenes in Bayonetta. There was way too many. Yeah, I thought the same about Bayonetta. Like there was so that story didn't make much sense, but the game was just so cool and stylish that I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like I can live with some dumb humor. Um, so the next game on the list is uh, something that Pete was playing. Actually, it's something I bought and I had a chance to play. This is the first game of, of that's sort of fallen fallen victim to the September schedule. I bought Creature in the Well, which I know Pete has been speaking about on the show for the last sort of two or three weeks. Um, it's the pinball top-down dungeon crawler kind of game. It was announced at one of the indie directs. Um, it looks really nice. I've bought it. It's I got it before it came out because there was some sort of deal on. Um, I know Pete's really enjoying it. I've not had a chance to really speak to him about it at all. Um, but I have been aiming to uh, play it soon when I hit the rest of my backlog. Is this a game that you've um, seen much of other than Pete talking about it? No, not really. Um, it's it's not really been on my radar. Uh, it may be something that I go back and revisit, but there's some other games on the list that I'm way, way, way more excited about. So uh, it's probably not going to be something nah. I pick up anytime soon. Yeah, well, just it just fell to the like you know to victim to the to the schedule. Another one of those games for me is Cyanar of Wild Hearts. Yes, this is one I'm really excited about. So um, I'm actually not sure if I'm going to play this on Switch. Or if I'm going to pick it up on um, Apple Arcade. Yeah, you're a big Apple guy, aren't you? So I'd imagine that it would make sense for you to want to pick this yeah. up. Yeah. So, uh, so Apple Arcade's the new subscription service from Apple, which gives you like an absolute ton of games, 150 games at the moment, for 4.99 a month on iPhone and iPad, and also on Apple TV and other Mac. So I could basically play this game for 4.99. I could probably complete it within a month and you get a month's free trial anyway. So I may just pick it up. I may end up picking it up on mobile, uh, but I am really, really excited about this game. It's like a uh, an interactive music video. Yes. It's probably the best way to subscribe it. I'm also excited about the next game on the list, which is Overland, which is a strategy game about um, a group of people who, after the apocalypse, have uh, decided to do a road trip across America with their dog. 
and it just seems like a really fun um, game to to bring along survivors with you as you kind of progress through. Hopefully you don't get attacked and, and people in your party die, but if they do, it's kind of per- a permadeath situation. And you have to try and make it all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast. I have never heard of this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got a little bit of procedural generation and see this is this is this is what this I mean about like games are on my radar compared to you uh, and and your uh, Metroidvanias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the next game is uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast, which is a, a re-release of a, a classic game on the Switch. Uh, probably not something I'm going to pick up. Um, has more modernized controls. And this this is uh, this came out uh, earlier this week. Yes, quite cheap. But I've seen a lot of people have said that it is still a sort of 15-year-old PC game put on the Switch and that it maybe doesn't quite hold up. It is, yeah. And it looks like they've uh, kind of, rather than uh, remastering it for proper widescreen, they've just stretched it. So what was originally a 4 by 3 game now is like everyone's heads are a little bit too wide and the Stormtroopers look a little bit off. Makes sense why it's about £8. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Devil May Cry 2 also came out, which um, I'm not particularly interested in. I'm still salty at the fact that Capcom are charging for all these games separately which i think is an absolute yep. outrage considering how they're, they're charging on other platforms they're dropping sort of one at a time with a few months gap in between 15 quid each maybe even 16 quid and then they're releasing it on the ps4 they've released it on the ps4 as a triple pack that you can buy for about yes. 15 16 quid now yeah and yeah it's, it's ridiculous i'm not gonna I'm, i like you know you know, i like those kind of games it's pretty much the sort of precursor to the bayonetta style game i'm not gonna support it i'm not gonna support anything capcom does that screws over other people you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh the next game on the list is one that i was looking forward to you you had the limited edition pre-order I for this but did. you cancelled it didn't yeah, you yeah so i had a pre-order for for a while like as soon as it was available i pre-ordered it and was like yeah i'm really excited for this game and then the more i kept looking at september and the more the less in sort of less sure i was about the game i just had to cancel it and i'm lucky i did because it's 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 money i spent elsewhere but in better ways and it's also a mm-hmm. Just that uh, it's a shame that the game's not held up like people thought it would, um, and that people the reviews were pretty middling. Um, it's a game I'll probably pick up at some point when it's cheap, like really cheap. Yeah, I think this will be one of the games that Nintendo does put on sale. Yeah, because I don't think it. I don't think it came out as well as they liked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they did that demo a while back around E3 time. And they said that they were going to take uh, the feedback that people had and rework the game it was and come back. And they, it was in March. It was, yeah. And then they and then they reworked the flight for the three demo, yep. and it still wasn't quite right. Yep. And then they re- they've obviously now released the game, so they're they're still pressing ahead with it. Yeah. Um, I think it'll probably be a game for some people if you're really into mech games. They're already talking um, about future content as well. It's one of those games that I think if if they didn't release it in September, it might have. Maybe capture more people's interest, but because September is as packed as it is, it, it's not worth picking up mediocre games. Yeah, and Nintendo must have known it wasn't going to do particularly well because it's a Nintendo published title and they're releasing it alongside one yeah. of their biggest franchises of all time. So, yes, yeah, what are you going to That's do? a shame, isn't it? Uh, this is a collection of games more than a game now, isn't it? This next one, which is the SNES Switch Online games. I don't know if you guys have spoken about it on the podcast before. I do listen to the podcast, I promise. Yeah. We we have so we've we've uh, all played some of them. Pixel and Pete played a lot of Super Mario World. I've played some of uh, Link to the Past and, and preemptively waiting Link's Awakening. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm really really glad SNES games finally came yeah. to to the Switch. I, I I've long been saying on the show, I think NES games are just too old. Yeah. Other than like Star Tropics, I never really had much fun with any of the games on there. They just looked a little bit. Meh. They're dated. They're they're sort of play them one because they don't have sort of save functions. A lot of them they're they're very difficult because they hadn't quite worked out where difficulty should be on mm-hmm. home console games. They're very play it once, maybe play it twice with your friends. Mess around in multiplayer modes. See what things were like. You wouldn't sit there and play through the whole of like the original Metroid or the original Zelda. You might no, but when you have the I'm, option I'm of playing play, Super say. Metroid or Super Mario World. Yeah or uh, Link to the Past, why would you bother? These are like games that are still hot up to this day because you know, there are games still emulating what they do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely definitely a great selection of games and also free for those that already have the subscription. So It's, 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 it's worth checking out if you're already paying for Switch Online, which I think the majority of people are. It's, it's worth checking out. Um, the next one I'm really excited about, I just haven't picked it up yet because I really haven't had time, and that is Divinity Original Sin 2. This was a real surprise drop on the last Nintendo Direct, and 
oh my god, I'm excited to pick this up. Divinity Original Sin, it was one of my all-time favorite CRPGs, and Divinity Original Sin 2 is meant to have surpassed it in every yes. single way possible. So to have this now on the go is awesome. And this is the first game on the Switch that supports cross-save with the Steam edition. I didn't know so that. if you cool. have the game on Steam, you can continue the progress that you've made on the Steam version on the switch and vice versa as soon as you save it on the switch it uploads the uh, save to the cloud you can then continue playing that back on your pc so if you want the high fidelity and the good controls of a crpg on on the computer you can do that and then you can take divinity original sin 2 on the go if you want to That's take very cool. it, it kind of speaks to the strength of the switch um even though it does do it in a more of a roundabout way where it's like don't bring it home and dock it bring it home and play on the pc to keep keep going uh, this is a game I, i'm interested in purely because it it seems like a really good role play game not not like an rpg but like a role playing as in like pen and paper kind of thing as well as it is a yeah good that's game. that's that's um that's what a crpg is oh, so it takes uh elements of what was originally a dungeons and dragons game and brings those rules to the computer okay so CRPG is stands for computer RPG, and some of the first games were some of the games like Baldur's Gate, um, Icewind Dale, things like that were actually used. They're all coming out this year. Yes, this Planetscape year, Torment. Right? Yep, they are. Um, but it's uh, so that's the the lineage where Divinity Original Sin Two comes from, and the studio behind Divinity Original Sin Two, Larian, is uh, working on the next Baldur's Gate, yes, which yes, I'm very are, excited about. They've they've yes, they've got the license from Dungeons and Dragons, so we're finally going to get a sequel to uh, Baldur's Gate Two, which is very very exciting. Almost over twenty years later. Say, so, yeah, it was a Stadia announcement, wasn't it? Yeah, like I could care less about that service. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy VIII, do you care? No, no, not at all. No, I'm not a Final Fantasy. I'm not a turn-based RPG kind of guy unless it's Pokemon. Oh, uh, you're not going to like Divinity then? Oh, is it all completely turn-based in that way? I thought it was yeah. more D&D where you, sort of move, you can move and attack. Are you literally just standing still you can, you can No, no, you move and attack, but it's still turn-based. Oh, like, yeah, the combat's okay. all turn-based. Like... like, the computer goes, then you go, then the next person goes, that kind of That's thing. That's fine. I don't like uh, Octopath Traveler. Standing Final around Fantasy in a big style. circle. Sorry? Standing around in a big circle and yeah, just all picking, having a go. That's why I'm not going to pick up uh, Dragon Quest, because it's it's standing around you just pick your move is it actually is it yeah i don't want to speak out of terms it's like uh it's like i think it is i think it's like persona yeah i don't know i'm, yeah, I'm not big on turn-based games other than pokemon but if it's if it's turn-based like mario rabbit's that's kind jrpg of style that you don't it's exactly like mario rabbit's turn-based there we go a hundred percent like it i'm big on that yeah. yeah yeah fine you nearly put me off then for a second no <laughs> it's it's like uh it's like uh mario rabbit's okay good did you pick up spyro no, I haven't. You know, I have zero nostalgia for this game. Yeah. I never, ever played it on the PS1, so uh, it wasn't a game we had. The I'd probably be more likely to pick up Crash than Spyro, uh, but I'm glad it's finally on, on the Switch. It's, uh, it's a game that kind of leaked ages ago, even on Nintendo's own website. I pre-ordered so we it, knew it was first coming. announced for PS4 yeah, it's crazy. on the Switch. It's crazy. Um, so I'm 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 glad it's there for people that are fans of Spyro. What about you? Are you going to get this one? I have it. I got it. Um, my girlfriend oh, picked wow. it up for me. I think I mentioned that I was going to get it, and I was just complaining about September. I was I was like, oh, I really want to get Spyro because it's just come out, but I've already got to buy this, this, and this, and I've already yeah. got this to play. And then she just sort of handed me a present one day. It was wrapped with a little bow on it, and it was Spyro inside. Oh, it. that's so cute. It was really cute. It was really nice. So I've got that now. I, I growing up, was on the right side of history, so I played a lot of Spyro growing up. Not as much Crash. Um <laughs> Because Crash is trash, so I've I really been enjoying sort of going back and revisiting Spyro with these, this new look of paint. Um, Crash is trash. It's the worst take possible. No, 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 no. It's, it's a movement. It's a movement. Watch, watch while we take over. <laughs> okay. Then next on the list is Torchlight Two, and this may be one I do end up picking up because it's basically Diablo. Very much based. Yeah, it's based on Diablo, isn't it? Fixing Diablo Three. <laughs> it's a rip off of Diablo. Yeah. Hey, Diablo 3 is great. It they, is now. Blizzard, Blizzard fixed it yeah. themselves. Oh, and I played Diablo 3 when it first came out. It was... Yeah, it wasn't Diablo great. 3. And ev- and the auction house just ruined that game. I highly recommend it if you haven't read it, and I speak about it all the time on the podcast, go and read Jason Schreier's book, Blood, Sweat and Pixels. Uh, he's the news editor over at Kotaku, and he wrote an amazing book about like behind the scenes of all the games. One of the games in there is Diablo 3, and talking about how they went away and they launched it, it was panned 
fans didn't like it. They were really upset and really angry that they kind of fucked up one of their favorite games. And so they went away and fixed it. Yeah. And it's that story about how they went away and fixed it. It's a really, really good chapter. I highly recommend yeah. reading that. I read that based on your recommendation when I was on holiday this year and I sort of read the Diablo thing and there was the whole thing about, was it Era 43? Was that mm-hmm. the era? And I, I remember that. I remember starting up the game and me and my friend sitting at his house like, well, we've just walked into town and bought this game. Why can't we play it? And it was really frustrating. Um, yeah, really good book. I definitely recommend re- recommend reading it. Uh, and then we're into games we've we've already spoke about. So Torchlight Two, Freedom Finger, Ori and the Blind Forest, Blasphemous, Nino Kuni, Untitled Goose Game, and Link's Awakening. So I think we can pretty much say we've 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 got a, an eclectic mix of games that we've picked up this yes. month. And that's maybe even factoring in things like Castle Crashers. Uh, that I forgot to mention earlier that came out. Wow, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, there's just there's so much. There's so much. It's just great. But having to sort of being able to bud Nino Kuni, that's another one that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able yeah, to. Yeah, that's another say I mentioned that, yeah. <laughs> How did I let that get overshadowed in the podcast? Oh, you, just, you listed it. Oh, I see you listed it. Okay. I did. Okay, I, did. Yeah, I, I mentioned it. Yeah. it. Um, no, no. Yeah, I think. How have you done? How do you think you've done all the games you've wanted to get that you've picked up? How do you think you've done? I, I've only bought two games. Um, Not well, then. I, I, I was going to get Divinity. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I'm not going to finish that before Link's Awakening. Yeah. And it's the kind of game that if I stop playing, I won't go back or I'll go back and I'll be like, ah, shit, I forgot everything I've done. I forgot where I was. I forgot what I'm meant to be doing next. Yeah. So I kind of want to get that when there's a bit of a dry patch for me. And I think that's going to be coming up early next year because The Witcher's coming out. We've got a Luigi's Mansion 3 coming Overwatch. out. There's Overwatch. Digimon. There's Pokemon. Uh, Digimon, yeah, I don't care about that, but Pokemon I want. Wow, Steve, you're trying to make enemies. (laughs) Pete's not here, man, we can be friends. You don't have to choose a side now. Fucking Digimon, man. (laughs) I'm standing by it, man. Digimon is just as good as Pokemon. Pete, what's this space? No, no. So, um, yeah, there's an absolute ton of games coming up and it's uh, it's been a crazy month for September. I think after Pokemon comes out, they're going to sort of have a little bit of a break for December. Let the Switch yeah. peak for itself, and then when oh they no, release... I think there's going to be one big game for December. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet, but I think there's going to be another direct, and I think there's going to be a big game announced for December. Okay, we'll see how that goes, and then obviously January you've got the the uh, where what is that game called? The Sharp Effy uh, SMT oh, yes. Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. No, it's not Shin Megami Tensei. It's uh, it's a Fire Emblem game. Yeah, with the Weeby. It's Tokyo Mirage that's Sessions. Effy yeah. Sharp. Luckily, that's not a game I give care about. So there's not really a game after Pokemon that that I know is coming to Switch till like psh, March when Animal Crossing comes out, which sort of gives me December, January, February, and then most of March to catch up on some games. So maybe that's mm-hmm. a good time to play some September games. It's going to be like December through March. It's mental, isn't it? Absolutely mental. They really they really backstack the year this year. Yeah, like there was a, such a dry patch like January to June, and I was like, really, are we ever going to get anything? However, you know, it was nice. Just there was a lot of indie games that came out around that time, like Cuphead. So it was one of those games where I had stuff to play. There was just nothing new to play, and it was quite frustrating. Yeah, the the only the only really real game that came out, which came out in June, was um, Cadence Hyrule, which is why I said like January to June was really kind of. Cadence Hyrule sort of kicked it off, didn't it? And then Mario Maker came out, and then Bing, 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 and it just mm-hmm. it just kept every two weeks. There was like something I wanted to buy, and then this month it's just. Every week there's been something I wanted to buy. Maybe, you know, two things yeah. a week as well. So, yeah, pretty mental month. But um, I'm glad it's almost over. And I'm glad we're going to move into another mental month. And then <laughs> and then Pokemon comes out. So, yay, wallets. Well, I think, uh, I think I'll leave it there. Be sure to drop us an email um, at uh, podcast at uh, pick up... Ugh at potscast at looppots.com or you can email pete at looppots.com or steve at looppots.com directly and we'll get your questions on the show tell us what games you're looking forward to for the rest of the year what games you picked up in september it's been a a crazy time for games on the switch and really exciting to be honest definitely yeah don't forget to check out max's video over on uh, youtube.com slash looppots so it's a great video um him and pete did an uh and pixel did an awesome job on it so uh be sure to check that out if you're interested in nino kuni uh and we shall catch you on the next episode Thank you. Bye.